welcome to Learned Lag, a podcast about yesterday's Learned League questions and answers. I'm Amanda. And I'm George. Amanda and I are both in Zephyr A. This is season 26 for me and season 22 for Amanda. This is day 24, the penultimate day of season 94. Question one asks us for the name of a voracious, predatory, aggressive South American flesh eater that inspired a series of horror films. In the late 70s, uh, which is to say a couple of years after Jaws, when uh, filmmakers were still looking for actual monsters that they could use to mm-hmm. make horror films, this was Piranha. Yes. Just, yeah, it all just fits to Piranha, so that's what I went with. Yep, um, same here. It's uh, If anything, it felt a little nerfed out, but also I don't know how many people are students of these sort of cheesy... Mm. Um, you know, a uh, monster movie or or big creature movie, you know, types of things these days. So Even without um, that, I feel like piranhas are like the South American dangerous animal. Well, you know, kind of like quicksand. Mm-hmm. Are, yeah, yeah. are they a thing generationally that people are not taught about as much these days? Uh, are not sort of mistakenly taught about <laughs> yeah. the things they don't actually do. Um, but yeah, that'll be, that'll be an interesting one to see. Has quicksand disappeared from the culture then? Seems like. Did, did the kids not fear quicksand? Not, not like we did in okay. Gen X. Okay. That's, that's my understanding is All that right. it's just not part of the same. Like I felt like every show had some quicksand oh, yeah. plot at some oh, point. Yeah. Every cartoon at least yeah. for sure. Uh, and probably Gilligan's Island as well. Yeah. Yeah. But Piranha was correct. Indeed. Question two asks us for a city uh, in uh, that, are, that is associated with Ann Tyler, Laura Lippman, and Henrietta Lacks. Right. Um, I really got this because of that last one. Uh, I've certainly heard of Ann Tyler and Laura Lippman, but um, The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks I read several years ago. Um, and as someone who's been in uh, you know, a healthcare-related profession... Uh, it is the most infuriating story I may have ever read in my life. Um, and so that makes uh, for a memorable story as well. And because the uh, the crux of it takes place at Johns Hopkins and the medical research they were doing there, um, it is pretty much uh, branded on my brain, at least, that it's taking place in Baltimore. Um, and so... I, that's you know pretty much the way that I knew this question, so that's what I put down. Uh, yeah, I I would have zeroed this if I'd been going up against you because mm-hmm. I remember you read the book and led the book club and et cetera et cetera. Wasn't it part of? It probably was for the book club. Yeah. I don't know if I led it, but okay. Um, but yes, I I definitely was prompted to read it. Mm-hmm. I think by yeah something like that. Yeah, for me, the, the way in on this one was Laura Lippman. I oh. happen to follow her on Twitter. Oh. Uh, and I know that she is married to, uh, damn it, now his name's gone, David... Simon? Simon. Uh, I had it right before he said it, just for the record. <laughs> uh, who is, is famously a, a scribe of Baltimore. Right. Uh, and also she posts a lot of pictures of Baltimore sites. Okay. So it's just that kind of imprinted in, in my brain that Laura Lippman is from Baltimore. And I figured, well, therefore, she's probably she probably writes about it. Makes sense, yeah. And it 
I, I didn't make the uh, the Johns Hopkins connection on Henrietta Lacks. Ah. Uh, and I just don't know enough about Ann Tyler. Uh, I think I might have a copy of The Accidental Tourist. I don't know that I've ever read it. Oh, yeah. No, I think I she haven't. wrote that. Sounds right. Um, I might have another one of hers somewhere, but yeah, I, I have no association with her at all. But I figured, well, I know Lippman lives there. I know she's entwined in its literary history. Mm-hmm. So I'll say Baltimore. And that was the correct answer. Hmm. Question three asks us about a citrus fruit that was developed in France and the rind of which is used as an essential oil in a number of different uh products that we consume including earl gray tea Mm -hmm. which meant that i had to stay away from a couple of our kitchen cabinets (laughs) uh, because i could not think of this and thought okay it's gonna come to me and it just didn't for the record there's no earl gray tea left in our kitchen cabinets right now no that's good um but i just wasn't gonna get this one and i just couldn't think of an orange hybrid which I mm. guess is a variety, is what it means. But I don't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I officially, I, I eventually just went with Tangelo. So I figured, okay, yeah, okay it's, I, I think that's also, it's mostly named after the tangerine, mm. which I think is probably, uh, has a name that derives from the same place that Tangiers does. It does, yeah. But I thought maybe the Tangiers was named by Italian colonists or <laughs> something like that or... Yeah, you know, they they were all sort of named collectively after the same similar thing. So maybe, sure. Yeah, we'll go with Tangelo. I would like to read more about this alternate universe of yours. Um, not not that that I'm saying that oh you should have known it. How foolish of you! Just that it sounds intriguing. I like this <laughs> idea. It's different, just a different timeline. Um, yeah, this one I know as bergamot and mm. um. It is something that is certainly used in things like soaps that I've used. Uh, Earl Grey tea, of course, is um, kind of an iconic use of it. But yes, it's basically to uh, provide a more of a, I would say, more of like a lemony scent to um, different types of things. Like, uh, I wouldn't have known it was used in pharmaceuticals for starters, but like perfumes, confectionery, Earl Grey tea... Like, I always think of those as having kind of almost a more lemony than orange flavor to them. Um, but, you know, citrus is like that. It's it's all kind of branched off, so to speak, from uh, similar species. Mm. And um, so, yeah, I, I don't know if it's technically pronounced bergamot or bergamot. It's got a T on the end. Um, but, you know, I, I just knew that that's what this one was. And it I think I've heard it called bergamot, you know, which kind of goes with being developed in France and the more French pronunciation would be dropping that consonant. So um, in any case, I knew it was bergamot. And it was. Question four asks us what music style was Selena the queen of? And then it goes on to explain more about what that music style uh, consists of. Yes. And there are definitely a couple clues in here that I really should have let my brain uh, run with. Um, I ended up putting down Chamorro is the short answer, which is, you know, totally not the right thing. And just, it's, you know, essentially I talked myself out of the correct answer oh. once again, very frustratingly. And, um, 
I, I will leave it at that until the correct answer is revealed. <laughs> I didn't know it at all. I, I know that I've heard of this. I don't know that I've actually heard any of it ever. And mm-hmm. it's not even adjacent to any music style that I listen to routinely. Uh, mm. So I just went with a vaguely latino music style that i could think of and mm-hmm. said salsa ah well the correct answer is tejano and the clues in this question of course are the fact that she was from texas she mm-hmm. died in corpus christi mm-hmm. the quest the question was deliberately avoiding mentioning texas yep um and yep. talked about a musical style of northern mexico which is, of course is close to texas mm-hmm and so I, I had bandied around Tejano or Tejera or different types of things that, that could possibly, you know, be like that because I was convinced that Tejano was referring to like an ethnic group or a cultural group or something like that, um, that it just meant from Texas, which I didn't think could be the style of music. I thought it that had to be something a bit different mm-hmm. and just couldn't let my brain settle on that one and so i'm i'm sort of annoyed that i didn't uh pick up what thorsten was putting down there anyway moving on um to another question i didn't get uh (laughs) question five asks us for a word that is missing from the cockney expression only fools and blank work and it was used in the title of a purportedly beloved british sitcom only fools and horses was the sitcom in question i i don't know much about it i've (laughs) i've heard of it a lot in the context of kind of other british sitcoms it's one that's sort of in the periphery of my direct knowledge Mm. um you know it it was a bbc thing and i I believe uh and so it uh it had and featured and guest starred a bunch of people who were on other stuff that i actually watched ah so it's kind of one of those things that like i'll see in blue on a lot of wikipedia pages when i'm just sort of thinking like you know what was the name of that guy on are you being served and i'll go through that and like oh he was also on fools and horses a lot okay fine um or only fools and horses and uh from what i recall of it it's uh it's kind of about a, a bunch of slackers or maybe a, a family of slackers uh, who sure uh, and that their their adventures in living off of the proverbial dole and, ah. and trying to avoid industry of all kinds mm-hmm. so yeah only fools and horses okay i will have to take your word for it because i have <laughs> never heard of that um i had to go from the british sitcoms uh, that I actually have heard of or or even seen, like The Young Ones, uh, Faulty Towers, um, Are You Being Served, L-O-L-O, uh, you know, th- that's about it as far as what made it to Michigan uh, in the early 80s or mid-80s or whatever. Um, and, you know, beyond that, and like Monty Python and Benny Hill, mm-hmm. that's the British exports we got. Um, I've certainly never heard the Cockney expression and was peeved that it was not part of like Cockney rhyming slang. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, and what does it even mean? Only fools, like it's work sucks. Yeah. Why do you even need a special saying for that? (laughs) That's just, you know, that, that makes me disappointed in 
the Cockney culture, I guess, because I want there to be more there there than there is. Um, and so the only sit Britcom sitcom that I know of, well, besides like coupling, which was too late for, you know, to be fitting into this question that remotely fit the bill, I felt like was the young ones. And so I put down young because I thought, you know, maybe it's some expression about as you get older, you get, you know, you get to rest on your laurels or something. Yeah. Um, which seems to be like the, I don't know, that's, that's not really a sentiment either, mm. but I, I didn't know this one. Um, and so, and also I found the phrasing of this question sort of annoying because it asks, what is the word missing from the following Cockney expression, which was used in the title of a beloved British sitcom? So is the word what was used in the beloved British sitcom, or is it the Cockney expression? And it's kind of neither, because the name of the sitcom was only Fools and Horses. Well, in that case, then it's the word that was used in that title. I mean, yes. So, yeah, just like, what am I even looking for mm. as far as... You know, it, it yeah, it, it, I just couldn't tell, like, and plus which, there's so much of that answer, like, in the question, I, I don't know, it just, hmm, I found it really annoying, mm -hmm. this question. So, you know, I kind of mostly well. because I put the wrong answer down, <laughs> but also because, what are you asking for? I don't like, mm -hmm. I hate trying to figure out what the question wants mm -hmm. as part of just, like, trying to see whether I actually know the information. Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I, I knew it and still read the question and thought, this isn't as well written as it could be, but. Yeah. Oh, well. But you had it. That was correct. Yep. Of course. Question six asks us for the ancient historical region of Southern Mesopotamia that had city-states of various names like Uruk and Ur and Nippur and Eridu. Right. So it took me a while to kind of uh, tear myself away from sort of generic names like the Fertile Crescent or something like that. And again, this was one that I was kind of like, is it asking for a country name or a culture name? Or is it asking for a term like that? Is it asking for the Levant? Or is it asking for some other, you know, for, for that um, country name, which is... or. I mean, these are all city-states, so I guess it, it wouldn't be a country in any event. So maybe it's kind of hard to, to you know, precisely ask the question, which you would think would make one reconsider the question. But, um, you know, not that I'm bitter. Anyway, um, it took me a while to figure out, okay, I should be thinking about ancient cultures that predate these ones that are mentioned, pre-Akkadian, pre-Babylonian. Uh, it... it took me rereading the question to not put down Babylon for that matter. <laughs> um, and so I finally, I was thinking about like Phoenicia um, and then thinking about those other um, early alphabets and languages that were kind of present back then. Um, and then I kind of thought, well, what about Sumeria? That was like, there's, that was one of the early alphabetic languages like that. And I think that's the right area for, you know, Uruk and Ur and um, several of these I had not heard of. Those are mainly the two that I had. Um, and so, you know, I thought, yeah, Sumeria, that sounds pretty um, plausible or likely. 
um, I don't know if I kind of flashed on whether it was Sumer versus Sumeria, um, but I figured like a region like that would have a suffix, you know, just indicating that that's what it is. So I put down Sumeria. Uh, I got this based on civilization. Of course. <laughs> it was uh, it was one of the more recent additions to the game, I believe only in the latest version, Civ Six. Oh. Uh, Sumer has uh, is one of the most powerful early game uh, civilizations mm. because it was one. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, I just I took me a second to uh, to also get off of Babylon <laughs> and say no no this is the other one. This is the uh, the one that Gilgamesh uh, leads in the game, uh, and I believe this is the civilization from which the Epic of Gilgamesh comes, but it was Sumer. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, and that was the correct answer. Uh, I think I'll get credit for Sumeria. You will, because Thorsten has said that his program uh, checks uh, checks answers and gives it to you if you have the correct letters in the correct order at the beginning and then it stops checking okay so even sumerian i think but i'm not sure will Hmm. get you credit or sumer rumor ding dong or the like (laughs) as long as you as long as you had s-u-m-e-r at the beginning you're fine i'll have to remember that for the Mm -hmm. next time this one comes up um but also i would note too that like if you look for sumeria on wikipedia you know, you basically get a redirect right to Sumer, mm-hmm. which I, I think it's not that I made up the tomb, the term Sumeria mm-hmm. out of whole oh cloth, yeah no so I mean the the adjective is Sumerian right so yeah which is interesting considering it would be Sumerian or something I don't know if it if it weren't for that kind of construction um, anyway I think at least I I got four on the day. Um, disappointed in that fifth one that I couldn't just kind of let myself pick an obvious thing um, that just seemed too obvious or just slightly to the to the side of what I was trying to go for with that Tejano question. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I you know I hope it's enough to help me pull out of the red and see if I can hang on an A here. We'll see. Are you uh, locked in? Uh. I, oh yeah, I'm definitely not getting uh, relegated. Yeah, uh, I'm. I think I was three points uh, out of the green, in fact, which wow. is insane. Nice at, at eighth, which is as high as I've ever finished. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm taking on a very good player today, so I don't mm. anticipate uh, even a tie. <laughs> uh, so I'm going to be slipping some. I think they might actually be right below me in the in the standings. Oddly, Ooh. so okay. Yeah. I got a lot of people cluster around me in the last few days of the season. Sure. But so I'm I I I never go into a season or at any point in a season think, "Oh gee, I guess I'm going to have to get ready for the championship round." Cuz <laughs> no. Um but it's not mathematically impossible at this point. Mm. It will be tomorrow. Okay. But mm. Well, I guess we'll see. Mm-hmm. Um, in any case, that's it for today. So tune in on Tuesday for more post-game analysis. And remember... Don't forfeit. Don't cheat. <laughs>